0: You know what? You're right. We got this. Hal, put on your tuxedo. We're going to an award show. No, we're going to four award shows. The Emmys, the Grammys, the Oscars, and the Tonys, my friend. It's finally our time. I was going to do a bit at the top. Oh, do a bit. We did do it.
1: Of us being the presenters of an award and awkwardly reading off a teleprompter.
0: We'll forget that. We'll save that for a different one. We'll save it for another one. We can awkwardly read off a teleprompter right now if you want. Let me punch no. some stuff in and no. No, I refuse great refuse to do it way to yes and way to start the episode i never said it was a good i was gonna do this bit and you did a different one i was just thinking (laughs) of it i thought i would say it out loud this
1: is what people get excited for as we were recording this the emmys are preparing to happen
0: i thought they were happening already did they they might
1: be happening right now the emmy arrivals were happening this afternoon i always forget we're on the we're on the west coast so like our award show start at noon yeah (laughs) everybody else it's like football when you move to the west coast if you're a football fan all of a sudden you're like oh I've watched all of the games, and I can
0: go to dinner. That was my brother's excitement when he first came to visit Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. and it was Thanksgiving, and he was, or it was uh, right around Thanksgiving. It was the week before Thanksgiving, so it was still the Sunday games, and he was dumbfounded that all of the football games started at 10 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) He was so fired up. He was like, I can start (laughs) watching football early in the day, and yeah, and then still have the evening free. That's right. But we're not here to talk about football, Hal. We're here to talk about the opposite of football, Tony Awards, etc. Because all my award-winning friends are coming over tonight. Man, if they had Bo Cephas do a big intro for the Tonys every year.
1: <laughs> we got a Helen Hayes in the 1920s, and Richard Rogers are chicken in, too. We got Rita Moreno and John Gilkut, and Audrey Hepburn's coming round to win some, too. <laughs> Oh, you ready fancy for friends some Oh my God! <laughs> for award-winning EGOTs, we got the Emmy, Golden Globe, the Oscar, and Tony. Somebody stop me! Somebody slow me! I'm running away and I can't stop. But I wanna stop, and now I'm not rhyming anymore.
0: Are you ready for some EGOTs? Did you say to snow you? Could, does somebody snow Hank Williams said, Jr.? Please? <laughs> yeah, I've been drinking too much. <laughs> I'm, Can I I'm sleep assuming on your sofa, Mark. Look, Bocephus, no, you can't sleep on my sofa. Just
1: sleeping on your sofa.
0: Last time you slept on my sofa, you ate chicken wings and just threw the bones over your shoulder. We got a chicken wings and the bones
1: getting tossed. Mark's carpet gotta be cleaned at a loss. It's time to get real rounded tonight, cause Hank Williams gonna sleep on Mark Gadley
0: couch. Are you ready
1: for me to crash? <laughs> Leave me on your sofa. Yes, right, I'm ready. I I've stop. been waiting for you I to crash to. for a while. Oh, Somebody let me stop. give him
0: some sugar so he can fall asleep. I have to record
1: auditions later. This can't be good. That was
0: amazing. <laughs> the this is Al reading for the part of... um. Oh, Hank Williams Jr. Of a great. Of a baby.
1: <laughs> what do you think makes a good EGOT? I mean, a good EGOT? I think these are distinguished people who have... They're all distinguished people.
0: Um Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go
1: ahead. I mean, what makes it, there I don't think there's a good and a bad EGOT. I think that there are people who have proven themselves to be worthy of awards in multiple medium media mm-hmm. and have received those awards. There are people who maybe should be EGOTs who are one away. There are also EGOTs. We're going to concentrate for the purposes of this, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. mark on the 17 winners of competitive
0: awards correct rather there's also than streisand and james earl jones a lot of people have gotten honorary versions of at least one of them yeah uh, but we're talking specifically about the 17 individuals who have gotten their egot i would argue that there is we're going to have to argue that there are varying degrees of egot because we're going to have to pick the greatest egot in this episode i would argue that there are there are better egots than others because there are people for whom the egot comes from several different projects. There are people okay. for whom the egot, uh, comes from one project done in multiple media. Okay. There are egots who have, you know, been a, a nominal producer on something that got them one of their four egot pieces. Okay. And then there are some performers, I think primarily that stand out for just knocking it out of the park every time and four different projects get them four different awards yeah i think i it egot's fun i egot is one of those cool like it's sort of the the show business it's hitting for the cycle in show business you know what i mean yeah
1: yeah i feel like i didn't wasn't didn't even have an awareness of it which is really odd because i was intensely obsessed with the oscars for a long time sort of mm-hmm. watching and figuring out who was gonna win but I, it didn't really come into my consciousness in a major way until 30 Rock. Sure. Tracy
0: Morgan, when he goes to visit Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. Uh, who is an Egot winner. Yes. And he thinks he is going to become an Egot. And then you look at the list of people and I
1: mentioned a few of them in that Bocephus song. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the, it's, it's a very distinguished list of people. These are, are all names that you have heard of. There oh, yeah. are, There is no one on this list of 17 people that you do not either have a direct awareness of who they are, or that you haven't intensely enjoyed something that they've made. Yeah. So they are all embedded in the pop culture. In some way, it's the same for
0: the, the newest member of the EGOT club, Jennifer Hudson. That's true. I would love to, because there are so many of them, and they do seem to fall into a couple of categories. These are all superlative people. We can say that a million times and probably will, but we do have to pick just one out of this crew. I've divided them up Mm. into four categories. Okay. And I think we can take a look at these four different categories. We can look at some of the pros and cons of each of these individuals and uh w- work our way from there. So in no particular order, it should be no surprise that all of these different awards go to different art forms that all contain music. So there are several composers on this list. Sure. We have six composers on the list. Mm-hmm. We have seven performers on the list. We have two directors on the list, and then we have two that have other jobs. One of them is a producer, and one of them is an orchestrator. Which of these categories would you like to tackle first? Uh, do you
1: want to start with the orchestrator, with the smaller? Sure, we'll start there. We'll have a nice
0: little appetizer, since it's the shortest sure. one. Not the shortest, there are two. And two are we taking a winner from
1: each category and putting them against one another? Is that what you'd like to do? Is sure, you're telling let's do me? that. Let's do okay. that. All right, That great. seems,
0: that seems, it's a classic, we got this style. This is so episode. us. It's so us. Oh, you know, I miss us, How I know, me too. Oh, remember all those episodes we did? Why don't we break them up into categories and decide which one we like the best? That sounds like a great idea. All right. We are starting with the other category. That includes orchestrator Jonathan Tunick and producer Scott Rudin. So this one is easy for unfortunate reasons. Uh, In case you didn't know, Jonathan Tunick is a musical director and composer.
1: He won his Emmy for musical direction in 1982, then best musical instrument arrangement accompanying vocals for No One Is Alone in 88. He wins the Oscar in 1977 for the score for A Little Night Music. And then 20 years later for the musical version of Titanic, he wins the Tony for best uh, orchestration.
0: Couple of things I want to say about Jonathan Tunick. Do it. I am one. I'm very excited now in because ju- I didn't know anything about Jonathan Tunick going into this composer, orchestrator, conductor, music arranger. Me neither uh, I knew nothing about him, but all of these things I love. I love a little night music. Obviously mm-hmm. he has a relationship with Stephen Sondheim because sure. the thing that jumped out at me at this. I really want to find this Cleo Lane jazz album. Because the song No One Is Alone from Into the Woods is one of my favorite songs. And I can't wait to see what an EGOT arranger has done <laughs> with one of my favorite songs. Yes, 100%. Additionally, I just want to, every time the musical Titanic comes up, I love that Broadway musical. And it reminds me of Sidetrack in Chicago, who on Monday nights, it was a video bar in Boystown. And on Monday nights, they would play Broadway music and they would always play the Titanic, the Tony Awards performance of Titanic. Right. And the whole crowd at the end, everybody would wave bar napkins and yell Bon Voyage. Look out for the iceberg. And it was one of those. It was almost like the bar had Rocky Horror Picture Show shout outs for all of their different videos. We all rang the bell in a oh, little bitty pissant country place. It was a very fun time. So this made me <laughs> – this reminded me of that and made me smile. Yes. Now, moving on to Scott Rudin. Hal? Yes. He is – uh he won
1: his Emmy in 1984. He has won 12 Tony Awards. He won the Best Picture Oscar for No Country for Old Men. Was nominated another, I think, 11 times. Uh He won Best Musical Theater Album for the Book of Mormon in 2012, which is also, uh, I believe, one of his Tony wins. He won two that year, by the way. Book of Mormon and Death of a Salesman. Very impressive has a long string of successful films and plays, but unfortunately, he's a garbage person who is also having to deal with years of abusive and violent behavior. And so we say, so long and thanks for all the fish.
0: Yeah, you know what? If you would not be allowed in the We Got This Facebook group, yes, you're not going to be the victor of an episode of We Got This. Correct. So, so we're taking Jonathan Tunick with us. Uh, and, and, maybe- and Jonathan Tunick, not for... Yes, because Scott Rudin is garbage, so that eliminates yeah. him. But this is not to discount uh, Jonathan Tunick's wonderful career. He is, in fact, an EGOT. And I'm jumping out to listen to that No One Is Alone version as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Now, this is going to be a tough one. Let's go to our other binary category, and that is okay. auteur directors. And okay. we have in this category two of the biggest juggernauts of all time. Okay. Mel Brooks versus Mike Nichols.
1: Yeah, people I think people forget that Mel Brooks won an Oscar for writing the producers, which yeah. is my favorite of of his movies. I think it's a brilliantly written script. That movie is so good. And he came out of, you know, he won his Emmy for the Sid Caesar show. And then he also won three as a performer for Mad About You, which is very yeah.
0: impressive also. It's his collection of, yeah, his collection of awards is pretty impressive.
1: Even his Grammy wins are kind of cool because he Mm -hmm. has one for the 2000 year old man in 2000, which was 1998. And the other was for a music video for the producers and a third one, I'm sorry, for the album of the musical, the producers, which that was kind of a runaway. Obviously, that's where the Tony came from.
0: Well, he got the producers gave him his Grammy, Tony and Oscar. So three of the four came from one project, which is the producers.
1: And two versions of it. That's a live action film. And then he adapted it for Broadway, which he's done with a couple of his.
0: And then readapted it. So it was a musical movie Mm -hmm. of the adaptation for the stage of a movie. It's bonkers. He's he's a legend.
1: He squeezes all the juice
0: out of the lemon. There's no there's nothing but rind left when he's done. Yeah, it's very impressive. And he's one of my all-time favorites. This, You know what? This actually begs a question. Mm. Are we looking at the EGOT specifically, or are we looking at the EGOT winner's entire body of work? Meaning, are we looking at Mel Brooks's entire body of work in this instance, or are we looking at the producers, Mad About You and Sid Caesar?
1: I think what we're doing is first taking a look at their award wins. Mm -hmm. If somebody has won a ton of awards, that's going to probably give them better consideration. Doesn't mean they'll win. Sure, right. But also, I think we look at the variety of things for which they've won an award. Are there people who have won for, like, I'm interested to see one, and Jennifer Hudson, I think, might be a good example, where the four awards are for completely different things. Yeah. That show off sort of a range that is very impressive. Not to say that the other people don't have range, but I think that's something to consider. If they're deadlocked, then I think you go to their larger career. Like Now, let's look
0: at Mike Nichols. Mike Nichols is one of my favorites. I did just start reading his biography that came out recently mm-hmm. uh, that is great and... Mike Nichols is one of my favorites as a director. He's one of the all time greatest directors. Most of his awards are for directing except for his Grammy, which is from one of my favorite comedy albums of all time, which is an evening with Mike Nichols and Elaine May. So I love that his early career as a performer at Second City with Elaine May completely improvising this album of comedy. That's what gets him his first of the EGOT. And then in 1967, he directs The Graduate. Yep. And then, you know, from starting in 64 all the way up through 2012, he has nine Tonys, all for directing. Yep. Except one for Best Musical because he directed Annie in 77. And then um four Emmys uh, in the 2000s for uh, the play. Both of them plays turned into uh TV miniseries or movies, which is Wit yeah. and Angels in America.
1: But it's interesting to have him direct Angels in America. Mm-hmm. Which is this very stark drama. Yeah. And then of course, all of, uh, all of his Tony's, a lot of them are from, you know, he became Neil Simon's go-to director. Mm-hmm. He directs Barefoot in the Park. He does the odd couple, Plaza Suite, Prisoner of Second Avenue. Then he does Death of a Salesman. Like he does show and Annie, like just to go Death of a Salesman, Annie, Annie and Spam a lot. Like it's just yeah. uh, everything there is so varied that for me, I would probably go with Mike Nichols here because like I, when I look at Mel Brooks's awards, not that I think that they're cheap at all, but that a mm. lot of them come from him squeezing the juice out of the lemon out of the producers, which is very impressive. Sure. But the breadth of of awards that Mike Nichols has won and that he has one of them as a performer and then the rest of them as a director, like what he was able to do. And all the Nichols and May
0: stuff—it's so good. If you've never yeah. listened to it before, it's- there is, oh, there is a movie that is my favorite Mike Nichols project, and I think it's perfect because it was written by Elaine May, and it was directed by Mike Nichols, and it has an absolute all-star cast, one of the greatest straight man performances of all time, uh, some of the greatest live performers ever firing on all cylinders. I just watched it again recently. Do you know what movie I'm talking about? I thought I did, but now I don't think I do. Well, I'll give you another clue. Two of the greatest live performers ever are Robin Williams and Nathan Lane, and one of I was the greatest men of all time. I was is going is to say Hatman. the Birdcage. I was Bird going to say the
1: Birdcage, but then you said live performers. I was like, wait, is it something different? No, because it's I knew the that Birdcage. They collaborated.
0: Yeah, that is a. That movie is hilarious. It is uh, hilarious. I forgot how great Mike Nichols is as a director mm-hmm. until I rewatched that one scene where they're they're having their dinner party in the, you know, late in the movie. They're having the dinner party. Everyone's out there except for Agador Spartacus, Robin Williams, and uh who else comes into the room? Oh, and his son. Uh the like the three of them are in the kitchen and the kitchen is pure chaos. And it is one shot. It's a one long wide shot. There's stuff deep in the background that's happening. There's stuff happening in the foreground. Robin Williams is going back and forth between the two of them. And it's the most perfectly crafted scene of comedy I think I've ever seen on film. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think. As much as I love, and that's the reason I asked about uh, Mel Brooks, because I love Mel Brooks' collection of work. His body of work is incredible. But as far as the EGOT goes, we got to give it to Mike Nichols on this. Yep.
1: So Mike Nichols moves on along with Jonathan Tunick. That is a good time for us to take a break. So we're going to do just that. When we come back, we're going to go through the two final categories and the other 13 EGOT winners. We'll get through them all. Give them their flowers and pick two to go to the finals. But first, listen to this wonderful information about other shows on the Max Fun Network. I can't tell the future. Wait, what? Most game shows quiz contestants about topics they don't even care about. But for more than 100 episodes, the Go Fact Yourself podcast has asked celebrity guests trivia about topics they choose for themselves. And introduced them to some of their personal heroes along the way. Oh my gosh. Shut up. (laughs) Oh, I feel like I'm going to cry. Oh my, (laughs) stop. It's so, so Join me, Jake Keith Van Stratton. And me, Helen Hong, along with guests like DJ Jazzy Jeff, Yardley Smith, Roxanne Gay, and so many more on the Trivia Game Show podcast Go Fact Yourself.
0: Twice a month, every month on Maximum Fun.
1: Hi, I'm Janet Varney. And just like you, I survived high school. And we're not alone. On my podcast, The JV Club, I invite some of my friends to share the highs and lows of their teen years. Like moments with Aisha Tyler. But when you're a kid, the stakes are just pretty low. Go to school, try not to get in trouble, get laid. Jamila Jamil. I watched television probably every waking hour during that time, and I was shit-faced on medicine. And Dave Holmes.
0: We talked and talked, and then everybody left. It was just us two, and I was like, I love you.
1: Learn how you, too, can be a functioning adult after the drama and heartbreak of high school. Every week on the JV Club with Janet Varney. Find it on Maximum Fun, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a judgment-free show.
0: All right, we're back. Okay, composers. We have Richard Rodgers of Rodgers and Hammerstein fame, wrote Richard. a bajillion Broadway shows and movies. Marvin Hamlish, the entertainer, "The Way We Were," classic songs, chorus line. Bobby Lopez, current egot of our era, with his uh "Let It Go" and uh, "Book of Mormon" and uh, Avenue Q and all the other things he's written. The legendary Andrew Lloyd Webber, of course, his lyricist Tim Rice, and the great. And most recent winner of the EGOT, Alan Menken. Or most re- recent winner of an EGOT uh, of the composers, Alan Menken. I, I mean, what a group. Holy cow. This is some of the greatest composers in history. In, or in, you know, a modern American pop history.
1: Can I make a confession? Yeah. I'm not a huge Andrew Lloyd Webber
0: fan. Can I make a confession? I am a ginormous Andrew Lloyd Webber fan. I feel like mine is more of a confession than yours, because I think there are more people that roll their eyes at Webber nowadays.
1: I don't roll my eyes. A lot of people do. I appreciate the work he's done. I'm not sitting there like, I can't judge the quality of it from a technical perspective at all. I have not. I can play guitar a little bit. I can sing a little bit. That's it. I can drum my hands on a desk, but I lose the rhythm after five seconds. You were the best drummer on Vine. Oh my gosh. Great Vine drummer. So good. But I think this is another Mel Brooks case for me, where it's all like he's squeezing the juice out of a lemon somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's not like he made something specifically for film. It's it's an adaptation of his work. At all it, everything flows from his stage work. And for a lot of these people it will, for composers in particular, right. you're gonna win the Grammy. For something that you win, either the Emmy Oscar or Tony for, by and large.
0: Right. But they do generally have to add a new song to get an Oscar for a musical that exists, which is right. why there's a new song in Les Mis, a new song in all the different shows Right. turned movies, because it has to be an original song. This is interesting because, yeah, I mean, they're so, these guys, this is tough. Well, let's go, Let's just go down the line. We'll start with uh, Richard Rodgers. So he got his first in 1945, best song, It Might As Well Be Spring. Right. He got his last in, well, he got a special Tony in 79, but he got his last competitive award in 1962. Yes. For both a Grammy and a uh, Tony for No Strings. He also,
1: by the way, before he got the honorary Tony, he won six of them. He won three for South Pacific, then one each for The King and I, The Sound of Music, and then No Strings, of course. I mean, he's great. He's a standard. I, I don't, uh, like, there's nobody who's won an EGOT who I go, well, judging by their work, they shouldn't have won one.
0: Right. No, I mean, Richard, of course Richard Rogers is an EGOT. Like, the, Rogers and Hammerstein, I'm surprised Oscar Hammerstein is not an EGOT as well. But I guess if you're a, the composer and not the lyricist, you have more of a chance of getting a Emmy for doing the music for something that does not require lyrics. So that makes sense. All right. We also have Marvin Hamlish. Let's take a look at Marvin Hamlish. Marvin
1: Hamlish is a fantastic composer. I always think of him as the guy who wrote the music for the entertainer, but uh, he is, of course, a lot more than that. But his work is, is on the musical side. He is a composer and mm-hmm. not a lyricist, which is why. Like the way we were is where is how he won his Oscar for that
0: song. Then the sting, he also won for the best adapted score. He wins a Tony. He did not write the entertainer. That was Correct. Scott Joplin. He pre, he did that Correct. epic he performance. Did a, he did an arrangement of. Yeah, exactly. So again, that's not his work. The way we were is,
1: I believe he's at least, a, at least co-credited on that. And it's such wins. a
0: classic sounding song that I yeah. thought it was significantly older than that. You know, I,
1: I just think ultimately, and I think we can talk about all these people, but I think the winner in this category is really obvious. Really? Yes. Cause this category contains the only person who without honorary awards has double E got it. Oh. That's Robert Lopez. He's double E got it already? He has double E got it. Now there are other people, Mel Brooks has done it, Whoopi Goldberg, John Gilgood. They've all double E got it, although there are special awards involved in that. But he, yeah. <laughs> he, he completed an EGOT at the age of 39 in 2014. He
0: did it in 10 years, and then less than 10 years, four years later, he it twice. Boy, that's tough. I thought you were gonna say Alan Menken just because he's the music of our childhoods.
1: No, I love Alan Menken, but I think that Robert Lopez mm-hmm. and his wife Kristen Anderson Lopez are an extremely formidable team, mm-hmm. and. Like, they're just – they have the Midas touch, which many of these composers did. Richard Rodgers, Alan Menken, of course. And that that isn't – like, I think that's minimizing their talent to say Midas touch because it just assumes, like, they just sort of – they're hardworking. And they are so supremely talented that all of these composers have in one way or another – Created the score for someone's childhood or their yeah. adulthood or their most memorable film and stage and television recorded moments. But double E-gotting and doing I mean, all of
0: that? Frozen, Book of Mormon, Avenue Q, WandaVision, yeah. Coco. Holy cow. Like yep. yeah. Can I tell you a quick Robert Lopez story? Sure. I was on a panel with him once in uh John Hodgman show in New York. And we had done John Hodgman's show together. So we met and I was there. Uh, and he wanted to talk about Di- my time working at Disneyland. So cut to years later, I get mm-hmm. on a plane and yeah. I sit down and ri- I, I told you this story, I believe. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I sit down and next to me, I look and I'm like, wait a minute. Is that? And I turn to him and I go, hey, aren't you Bobby Lopez? And he smiled and he went, yeah. Aren't you the mayor of Disneyland? And we had a delightful conversation on the flight. And it made me very happy. So he is not only a brilliant double Egot composer. He's an incredibly kind dude. Can I ask an honest question about
1: that conversation?
0: Yeah. Who put their headphones
1: in first to end
0: it? Um, we actually talked for a while on the plane, but yeah. we're, we both are, we both were conscious of headphone time. Like this is, we've completed a conversation now. Yeah. 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 I don't yeah. remember who I did think- it, but I do remember we both had a sense of like, we've completed this. We'll have another exchange later, I'm sure. And yet
1: we still haven't gotten him for the show. Now that you know him personally. I know.
0: I know. We'll get Ian, him for the show.
1: Ian and lin Lynn Manuel Miranda are our two great white whales. Right. I feel like we came really close with Lynn. We'll we harpoon. Really, both of them one really of these close. Days. Like in a heartbeat. Within a heartbeat of him. Like had people campaigning to have him do the show. <laughs> Unfortunately, at the time he was um
0: what was it he was oh, he was doing Hamilton. Yeah. We couldn't get him, but who knows what the future holds. We'll get him when he gets his egot. Right now, he's only got three of the four. Yeah, he still needs an Oscar. Well, he still needs an Oscar. Lynn, come back after you and the egot. We're happy to have you. <laughs> All will be forgiven. But yes, we got to give this to Robert Lopez. I did not realize that he had doubled. That's amazing.
1: And thirty-nine years old when he did it the first time. Yeah, is really, really, really
0: impressive. If you want, you mentioned before, uh you know, hard work versus Midas touch. If you really want right. to see the Lopez is hard at work. There's amazing footage of them in the frozen 2 behind the scenes documentary on Disney plus. You can basically oh. watch them get frustrated with a song, have a breakthrough and crack open the music in this, uh in that particular movie. So it's oh, really I fun. Would, Check that would, out.
1: I would love to see that. I'm fascinated yeah. by the creative process. And they let in you all in, of which is really ways. cool. That was what I loved about. Let it be. You've watched, let it be right. Oh yeah. Just yeah. watching them figure out songs and go like, Oh, they're doing a lick that is, th- that is iconic that
0: they're, I'm watching George Harrison yeah. like figure it out. I like I, it. It's like, I love it when crazy. they lock into that lick. Mm-hmm. I kind of love it more when you hear a lick that you've heard 10 million times. But 90% of that lick, there's like yes. one or two notes that are a little different. And you're like, oh, I know what he's going to eventually do. Yeah. Just sitting here waiting for him to get there. Ah, uh, anyway.
1: Or John figuring out harmonies, like, and like, it doesn't quite yeah. sound right. And he knows it. Like, it's, oh, it's I love so watching that stuff. I have immense respect for musical composers because they speak a language that I know, like, two words of that I wish I understood more. And it's brilliant what they're able to it's like they are creating in four dimensions it's unreal to me yeah to have won a double got and to have done it at such a young age and then go around the horn and do it you know to, to have done it once at a young age and then go around the horn and do it again holy cow it's just so impressive i wouldn't be surprised if he did it another couple times he's young still it's super impressive
0: all right, so we have right now we are looking at Mike Nichols, Jonathan Tunick, Robert Lopez, and now it's time to go into the performers. We have seven of them who have yeah. won the egot. They are, in order of receiving their egots, Helen Hayes, Rita Moreno, John Gilgood, Audrey Hepburn, Whoopi Goldberg, John Legend, and Jennifer Hudson. I want to start with Helen Hayes, because Helen Hayes is one of those ones with I was talking about earlier where you're like How did Helen Hayes wind up with a Grammy? Mm -hmm. Turns out Helen Hayes got a Grammy for best spoken word recording in 1977 as one of many luminary performers on an album called Great American Documents. That's right. Helen Hayes won a Grammy for reading the Constitution on a record.
1: (laughs) You know what's crazy about Helen Hayes? I mean, outside of how storied her career is, you could look mm-hmm. at her initial Oscar, room, which is in 1932, yeah. and say, yes, it's a wonderful performance. However, at that time, the Oscars were were even more blatantly a way for the studio system to reward people. Mm-hmm. So it felt even more controlled than it does now, where a, where a smaller group of people, I mean, that grows, obviously, as people get nominated, but... You know, it's not the award of the people. And at that time it was even less the award of the industry. It was just the studio heads basically going, all right, you, you kid, you get one. But, she, yeah. but she goes back and does it again in 1970. Yeah. And it is what it is. There is an actual voting academy body that is not made up of studio heads winning supporting
0: actress for airport. And that's very impressive. Yeah. And hers are all different projects. So she yeah. has two Tony's. Happy Birthday and Time Remembered for Dramatic Acting. Sin of Madeleine Claudette and Airport are her Academy Award wins. Doing one episode of a television anthology series in 1953 got her her Emmy, which that was when they were just putting plays on stage. Exactly. And yeah, and then a Grammy for Reading the Constitution. She has a varied version of this. She was also the first person to win... um emmy oscar and tony acting awards she had done it by 1953 she had gotten all three
1: does it diminish her emmy at all in your eyes that essentially it was from a time when they were just putting plays on so it was really taking something that would have been a stage award which she won a couple of those Mm -hmm. for you know just putting a play on tv yeah it's not made for television necessarily it's just like we don't have a lot of original shows what can we here now everybody can see death of a salesman now everybody yeah. can see uh not a chance they now can everybody can see one do. of
0: america's great actors helen hayes perform when yeah. otherwise you'd have to go to new york to do it yeah. maybe we've got some other people to get through but we sure can, i think that'll go into consideration okay let's talk next we got rita moreno won her uh oscar for west side story of course but not as many people know that she won Her Grammy for The Electric Company, an album for children, and she has an Emmy for hosting The Muppet Show.
1: Yes. I love that her two Emmys are for The Muppet Show and the Rockford Files. (laughs) What a great, what a great spread right there. Yeah. And then she won, she won the Tony in 1975, wasn't even the last of her awards. So she went Oscar first, then she went Grammy, then she went Tony. Two Emmys back to back. And then
0: Emmys. Oh yeah. Sorry. Tony and then two Emmys back to back. Yeah. She's great. Speaking of people whose Grammy went to a spoken word recording, let's talk about John Gilgood. Sure. He won for playing the butler in Arthur. Sure. Uh, one for Summer's Lease One is Emmy in 91. Tony's, he won in 1948 and 1961, but his Grammy in 1979 was for him. And this is another one that I did not know existed, but now I just want. It's a spoken word album called Ages of Man that is just John Gilgood doing the great Shakespeare soliloquies. Oh, Oh, Lord. Come on. Sure. How great is that?
1: I wonder what... uh, Do you think we can put together a spoken word album and at least get a nomination?
0: Probably. I don't know. What do you want to read? Uh, Well, the Constitution and Shakespeare are already handled. So uh, you just want to do the Bible top to bottom? Yeah, let's do it. Great. But we'll alternate words. (laughs) In the beginning, there was nothing. Darkness. I'm a, the author of those that I'll be asking. I'm pretty sure it's rock and roll. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Right. Uh, that's, <laughs> uh, our next one is Audrey Hepburn, the yes. great Audrey Hepburn, starting in 1953 for Roman Holiday. One of the funniest movies, one of the funniest performances. She's great. She's <laughs> hilarious as, uh, her, it's hard to play drunk. Mm-hmm. And her are playing drunken or drugged and tired and just out of it. Uh, yeah. she's hilarious in that movie. Uh, she won another spoken word album for children. She won it in 1994 was when she got her Grammy. Yeah. Got her Emmy in 93. It was almost like somebody went, Oh, she has a Tony and an Oscar that she got in the fifties. And then 40 years later, it was like, you know who should have an Egot? Audrey Hepburn. I think it's hey, uh, Audrey. <laughs> go do some, go do something cool on television and go do something cool. In the recording world, so we can give you your praise. Yeah, you like kids. I, she is a
1: performer who very specifically has had different seasons mm-hmm. to her career. And that later season where she was doing more children's stuff and things that she cared about is really interesting and compelling, especially when you compare it to like she was an ingenue. Yeah. And she was, she's great. Roman Holiday is so good. And then she also won her
0: her Tony then. She won it the next year for For best actress in a drama, which is very impressive. She also died in 1993, so she won her egot after she died. Yep, got it on the way out. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) grab it on the way out. Is grab it on the way out. You you got it. (laughs) Yeah, like it was like like life was a party, and that was the that was the parting gift bag. I wish it had a door.
1: I wish it had been a longer life. I'm sure she would have won more awards. But we, you know, whenever whenever a great artist passes. And it feels like there have been a lot of them in the past couple of years. I'm always very grateful for the body of work that they leave behind that you can revisit. They've left a legacy for you to enjoy. As sad as it is to not have them anymore, as much as you don't want anyone to suffer and you want everyone to live forever, the, the one of the greatest things you can have is a legacy that someone leaves behind, whether they were the most famous person in the world or just a good friend or a family member.
0: Yeah. And she left a hell of a legacy. Let's take a look now at Whoopi. Whoopi Goldberg, the one that introduced you to the concept of an EGOT via 30 Rock. She won for Ghost. She won her Oscar. She won her Tony for producing Thoroughly Modern Millie. Uh, her comedy album, obviously, back in the day when Whoopi was doing stand-up. She won for Best Comedy Album in 86. And two Daytime Emmy Awards. Special Class Special uh, for hosting uh Hattie McDaniel documentary. And, of course... Best talk show host for the view in 2009. Did they win that collectively as a unit? Like the show won or she personally won. I think individuals win. Yeah. I don't think the whole panel gets nominated. I don't know. It's funny that there's like that she's such a towering figure on that panel too, to be the one that like, um, which of us won the Emmy for this? Because there's, it's all arguing. If your argument is, well, as the person on this panel who got the Emmy for being on this panel, I think (laughs) just
1: another reason they all hate each other. Yep. You know, what's fascinating to me is she won an Oscar or she won a a Grammy uh, rather for her Broadway show, but she did not win a Tony for that Broadway show. And that Broadway show, the early version of it was what got her the color purple. Steven Spielberg came to or saw it. I think when she was workshopping, I don't even know if mm-hmm. she had done it yet. And her early stuff, which you can see versions of on HBO, and it's the reason why she was kind of lumped in as a stand-up comedian and why she was one of the hosts of Comic Relief, which is like kind of an iconic – the iconic trio of Whoopi, Robin, and Billy raising money yeah. for the homeless. Um, I Just – it's interesting that that wasn't something that she won the Tony for. I'm sure she was nominated. But did not win.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I've also, seen her on Broadway, actually. I saw her in really? a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. She took over for Nathan Lane and she was brilliant in it. Yeah. She's a, she's a, a consummate performer, uh, incredible artist and talent and can't say enough nice things about Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. Let's say nice things about John Legend now. John Legend's great. He's a
1: fantastic songwriter, obviously a super talented musician and singer. He's I got a,
0: he's got 12 Grammys starting in 06 and then back to all the way up to 2021. One Tony for, uh, re- for producing the revival of the play Jitney. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emmy Awards for Jesus Christ Superstar Live. And, uh, he played Jesus in that, didn't he? He played Jesus in that and yeah. Glory from Selma the, in 2015. That fantastic. That really song. He won song. that with Common. They won that mm-hmm. together.
1: They each won. They, 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 I'm sure they don't have to share the award. No. But yeah, he's fantastic, super talented, very charming, kind of a do it all performer. Mm -hmm. He is in the same way that Justin Timberlake is and a little bit Bruno Mars. I haven't seen Bruno Mars act as much, but a throwback to the variety performer of the fifties, sixties and seventies. Yeah. Which again is a throwback to the variety performer of vaudeville that came through radio, that came through television. And uh, you know, like he's the kind of guy who. I'm sure he has played Vegas, but in the sixties would have had a Vegas residency and not in a bad way. Same with Justin Timberlake. Like they, they're, he's very good at a lot of things. I still think of him as a musician. Everything comes out of him being a musician. I don't yeah. think of him as an actor. And I know yeah. he's done some stuff and he's very good in the stuff that he's in, but I don't, uh, uh, he is a different kind of performer. I think of like, I associate him with Grammys a lot more. Well, sure. It's fitting that the Oscar that he won was for that song. Which is and a also a song for a great movie
0: and we're going to talk about Jennifer Hudson she's our last one we're going to talk about in just a second but uh yeah. he has the thing that kind of uh that it, and i don't want to say that this is this is not a detraction these are people that have egos but uh being a produ one of the producers on a project that wins for best play or best revival of a play or best picture or something being one of the producers on that project feels a little bit like technically getting the egot. Right. Getting the, you got on a technicality. Like in this case, it's, uh, John Legend for being a producer on Jitney. And in the case of Jennifer Hudson, who I again don't want to take anything away from the magic that is Jennifer Hudson, but she got her Tony. She's been on Broadway. She's brilliant on Broadway. She got her mm-hmm. Tony for producing a strange loop instead of winning for the color purple instead of winning for the color purple, which she won a Grammy for. Right. But yeah, and I saw a strange loop. I don't think of that as a Jennifer Hudson project. It is great. Right. But it's also like, but it's also her a producing producer and uplifting a new artist's voice, which is worth in, I would argue, so much more than delivering one performance on your own to lift this person up. But she, again, she's got it. She won her actress her Best Supporting Actress for Dreamgirls, and I'm telling you, did a, a Daytime Emmy Award for Baba Yaga. Uh, two Grammys for her R and B album and for uh the color purple cast album and a strange loop. Her body of work I think is better than her egot. I agree with you, and I think in that Mel Brooks in. Way. she's she's launching her own talk show. Yeah, she's amazing. She's young, she's working now, she's crushing
1: it. Yeah, I love to see her someone who got out of the American Idol machine and and for whom I mean I'm sure she's appreciative in some way because it helped reveal her to a larger audience. Yeah, You know, she ascended quicker than I think she would have otherwise. Although with her level of talent, you sort of go, well, it seems like it was only a matter of time. And now here she is just dominating the world. Winning the Oscar was incredible. What an incredible moment. What an incredible performance. Yeah, I wouldn't take anything away from
0: her. I would not take her out of this category, I don't think. No, I think I know who I would take out of this category, and I'm wondering if it's the same person you'd take out of this category, simply for the variety of her wins, and a little selfishly and a little, you know, admittedly subjectively, because one of her wins was for The Muppet Show. Yeah, you want to take Rita Moreno? Let's out? take Rita Moreno. Okay, so who? Yeah, we have Rita so Moreno. Our finalists are: we have Rita Moreno, Robert Lopez, Mike Nichols, and Jonathan Tunick. What are you thinking, Hal? I, I think it's I, I, I know who I would pick. I think I know who I would pick too. You want to drop it on three? Sure. One, two, three. Robert Mike Lopez. Nichols. Oh. Oh. I thought I was jumping onto the whole double got thing.
1: The double egot thing is super impressive. It's something Mike uh, Nichols obviously cannot achieve. Sure. Um, it distinguished him among the composers and it's mm-hmm. a super impressive body of work that he has. But I, this is where I kind of look at, I mean, maybe you do just say, Hey, look, you have two egots. So you are the most egot. He's the most egot. And therefore the yeah. best. This is where we really get into like what would make out of these two the best. Mm-hmm. And I just look at. Again, the although uh, Lopez has a lot of variety, like Book of Mormon and Avenue Q, maybe share a little DNA mm-hmm. with one another. But Frozen
0: but is completely different. Well, yeah, Coco is completely different, absolutely different from all those things. So he, but is, Mike, but he always wins for composing. Mike Nichols won for. Three of his categories he won for being one of the world's great directors. Right. Which he learned and honed through the Second City, which is where we come from originally as well. And he came up at Second City with Elaine May. And they were such a great duo together that they improvised a Grammy-winning album. They won a Grammy for an album they made up as they went along. Yep. This is tough. Yeah,
1: I just... I This is where I... And maybe I'm veering off. I just look at his collective body of work and I go, oh, my goodness. Look at all mm. of the things that he achieved in all these different medium, even to be a director in those different uh, media is really impressive to me.
0: He directed um, so many different styles of things. I mean, Annie and Death of a Salesman and Angels in America and the Birdcage. Like, yeah, as a director, it's, it's impressive so varied
1: however there are so many different uh, like we pointed out those different broadway shows and then coco yeah. and frozen and wandavision look like here's the, the 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 these are two very talented in a million different ways and able to work in a million different genres that's really the test of they were able to take their skills and take it to different places like i mean i'm sure it's a difficult struggle but it feels
0: like it comes across as with ease yeah here's a thought hal Yeah. One thing that we always talk about on this show is we objectively answer subjective questions. Yeah. Right. It seems like right now we are subjectively looking at the two of them when there is an objective Tyrion staring us in the face. And that is only one of them is a double EGOT. So so you're saying it should be robert lopez i'm saying it should be robert lopez if we okay. are, if we are trying to make an objective decision in something that is clearly a subjective category which yes is every episode we do
1: people of the world mark is right he has won the awards twice He's gone around the horn twice a number of people that we discussed have won multiple awards they might have have a couple of emmys and a couple of tonys and a couple of grammys but only one oscar a couple oscars like they they've they had a, a big success in one area, like a spoken word album for Helen hit, like stuff like that is something and winning a ton of Tonys is nothing to sneeze at, but also to have won multiple, multiple Oscars and multiple Grammys and multiple Emmys and multiple Tonys is just like, we can't ignore it. And he's so young. He's just getting started. He and his wife are going – they're going to win more of these. You have to get used to it. (laughs) So if we revisit this – I'm happy about it.
0: And if you don't get used to it – I'm happy
1: with it. If you're mad about it, you know what? Let it go. Yeah, stay mad. That's what we say. Stay. That's right. Or let it go. That's a reference to something that they wrote that I just got. (laughs) Point being, if we were to redo this in a couple years, we might be saying, well, it's still Robert Lopez because now he's done it three times. Like that is – completely possible and that is what makes him the greatest egot winner plus he shared a plane with mark none of these other people got on a plane with mark that's true as far as we know they're actively avoiding him and i would the rest like, of them oh, refuse why. mark cle- he keeps clean he smells fine yeah at worst he smells fine it's a good smelling guy he cares about himself he's fastidious i'm like a i'm like a melted pizza pie right
0: now just right you and now I, you and i've traveled a lot together my friend and you are an excellent travel companion well
1: thank you I try to keep it I keep
0: it neat. I try to keep it neat. I try to stay out of everybody's way. That's all. That's that's Just do that when you travel. Just stay out of everybody's, stay way. everybody's way. way. Stay, everybody's stay way. out of everybody's way. Put, stay put out
1: your, out your way. headphones
0: in. Yeah. Put
1: your headphones in and stay out of the way. Yeah. Anyway, Robert Lopez is the best EGOT winner. Asked and answered.
0: Thank you to Anita Smolin for this topic. What a delightful trip to take. And it gave us a lot of cool art that we need to go check out. And that I hope you will all go check out as well some of the cool things that we talked about. This topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter at we got this tweets, or you can email us at we got this podcast
1: at gmail.com or go to our Facebook group and talk about your EGOT lovers. Like you did. That's where this came from. Facebook.com slash group slash. We got this podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume. Go to patreon.com slash Ken Plume to check out and support his many endeavors. Thank you to researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer, Uri Kelman and QA engineer, Jen Alba.
0: And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. May you both wind up with an EGOT one of these days. I have no doubt that it will happen. And thanks to you, the people of the world, for giving us a chance to sit down and talk about some really, really talented artists that we can all aspire toward their caliber of work. Hal and I would gladly take all of the people of the world Uh, on the red carpet with us to all four of these award shows. And I, I lost my train of thought. Hal and I would, (laughs) Hal and I would gladly take all of the people of the world to these award shows and we would have the time of our lives. We would come home at dawn, awards in hand after a late night trip to Astro Burger. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi.
1: From Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. Don't worry,
0: everybody. We got this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.